We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Gibney with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Bill the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hand grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Pastor. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field the 68. After that. We've made it, ladies and gentlemen. It is the final field of 68 after dark before the holiday break. We got Jarrell McNeil in the house. We got Terrence Oglesby in the house. My name is Greg Waddell, and uh, we're feeling merry in the building. It might even be a Christmas miracle if we can all hold T.O. for the duration of this show. He's coming to you live from some Ritz-Carlton. It looks like a lobby. That's He's true. got Dolly Parton. you okay? Well, first things first, I'm with uh, I'm at the Heart Song Resort at Dollywood. And if in case you guys are wondering, place is elite. Secondly, uh, an absolute electric uh, Christmas situation over at Dollywood. It was awesome. Not only my kids enjoy it, I enjoyed it. I got this food pass where I ate pretty much all day. So that makes things good. And then we absolutely wrecked the carnival game situation. Toys on toys on toys. I'm taking home everything in the place. They had the basketball situation shut uh, put up. I took home like three basketballs, a giant unicorn. My life is good here in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, in the mountains, in the middle of nowhere. Dolly Parton did her thing. And as you can see in the background, gentlemen, Dolly Parton's got an outfit back here. Dolly Parton still got it. Dolly Parton still got it. It's, it's the year of our Lord, 2023, Christmas. And Dolly Parton is still bringing the heat. That's all I have to say about this. Gentlemen, it's a good day. Not very good college basketball games, but it's a good day in my life. I had an absolute blast. Yo, I'll drink to that, my friend. I will drink to that. Uh, let's feel merry and bright to see that here. Uh, Jarrell. You know what? I will, too. Uh, I, will, I, will, I will, too, Greg. You know why? Because this is a Merry Christmas old-fashioned. You know what's in this thing? It's got apple cider sweetener up on the top. It's got an ice cube in that bad boy that uh, is frozen apple cider. So, guys, if, there, if there's anybody more jolly than me on a Friday, December 22nd, I can't find it. That's a fact. 
Tio, you could tell me that an elf handcrafted that himself and delivered it to you in the lobby, and I would believe you right now. Uh, Tio wants to down talk tonight's slate, Jarrell, but one of the teams we're going to talk about is your own Marquette Golden Eagles, who uh, do not look miserable as Tio wanted to describe them as. 30 point Big East victory for the Golden Eagles. Yes, it was against Georgetown. Yes, Georgetown's not good at all. But uh, still, impressive bounce-back performance from a team that I believe is still a top-five team in the country. What did you see from your boys tonight? Yeah, absolutely, Greg. And um, it, it was it was a great bounce-back win. Uh, obviously, some much-needed home cooking for the guys. And, uh, you know, it was just really, uh, to be honest, we got off to a little bit of a slow start in the first couple of minutes, three, four minutes of the game. Then they kind of got a roll, and then it was just uh, – you know, they just kind of wore Georgetown down. And like you said, not the best Georgetown team in the world. But at the end of the day, uh, the Golden Eagles end up 1-1 one and one at the end of this slate uh, after a tough loss at Providence. Uh, they, they had some great signs. They kind of got back to who they were and the way that we play. Uh, and 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 more than, more importantly than anything, and I, and I will say this because – I was a little bit critical, uh, and I and I called Jop out a little bit, man, and he showed up and showed out tonight. So I want I, I want my call outs to be just as loud as my apology. So Jop came out tonight. He had uh, David Joplin had twenty points, nine rebounds, played a great floor game all the way through and through. Uh, the rest of the guys showed up. Cam Jones had a little bit of an off night. Uh, also had a really good game. Was really efficient. Uh, and TK did what TK did. Uh, he came out of the game with a double-double, and they just wore the Hoyas down. Uh, obviously, it was a home game, like I said, and they were just able to g grab the momentum, uh, suffocating defense, uh, and, and they pushed the ball the other way. And we got back to our free-flowing style of offense. And, they, and that was just really fun to see from the Golden Eagles. Uh, these guys are going to be in for a long a long fight this Big E season, and, I, and I'm not taking any wins for granted. So shout-out to Marquette. Shout out to the guys. Big win. We won and won. Let's get this thing back rolling. Impressive stuff. T.O., what would you see? No, you know, I thought it was unique that, uh, you know, Shaq can go out. He'll call you out if you're not playing well. And to be honest with you, David Japlin's been very hot and cold for me. He, he has always been a shot maker in crucial times for them. But it's doing the other things that were so important for Omax Prosper last season when Marquette won the Big East regular season. Now – they need that do-everything-dirty guy on top of some of that shot-making that he's able to provide. And when Shaka challenges somebody, you better respond or he'll find somebody that will. Uh, he specifically talked about the offensive glass. Joplin ends up with three. Look, Georgetown, very much in a rebuild. We understand all that. However, to be able to bounce back after losing at Providence, and Providence, hey, guys, you want to talk about a tough place to play, it's probably one of the top three or four uh, most electric atmospheres in college basketball today. Historically, there are some other ones. I get all that. But today, nobody brings it like the Friar Faithful. It's crazy. And for them to be able to rebound, come back, even against an outman Georgetown team, I think says a lot about their culture, their ability to bounce back. Look, Marquette's going to be at the top of the Big East again. It's just a matter of are they going to have that guy alongside Oso Iguodaro who can go and get you 10 rebounds. And today, they got David Joplin who got him nine. I think it's an incredibly important piece. Yeah, and to that point, Ben Gold, also good minutes today, I thought. 18 minutes, he had nine points.
points. He bounced off the bench. Uh, that can become a more consistent thing for sure. You're buying Marquette stock. Um, T.O., if we're going to talk about Jarrell's team early in the show, we should probably talk about your team next. Clemson dropping 109 points tonight in a basketball game. Do you think this team should be the ACC favorite? I think they're right there. And I also feel a little bit bad for Grant Leonard because my man at Queens uh, University there in Charlotte, beautiful campus, by the way, right, right in the middle of Myers Park, a uh, bunch of multi-million dollar homes right there surrounding that campus. So if you haven't seen Queens, it's a pretty unique situation. However, I'm not mad at Queens taking a couple of lumps. You know why? Because when I was a coach at Carson Newman, they beat the brakes off of everybody. And now they get their brakes beaten in a little bit. I'm okay with that. All of that being said, Clemson's still very good. Uh, it have so many different pieces. I, I can't remember the last time a Brad Brownell coach team ended up with 103. I don't care who it's against, but you have to have firepower to get to 100. So we're going to throw that in there. Uh, we, we've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. P.J. Hall's an All-American at this point. If we were voting today, he's an All-American, and he's very well might be the ACC Player of the Year up to this day, December 22nd. They also have other guys. Chase Hunter hasn't really found his rhythm yet. You're still kind of coming along there. And then Joe Girard has been a seamless fit. They needed a shot maker at the end of the clock. Joe Girard has certainly provided that. Uh, and Chauncey Wiggins is probably their best NBA prospect at playing the three at 6'10". This team has size. They can rebound. They defend. And now they also have shot making, which is something that at times – has lacked at Clemson, but this season it's certainly different. Uh, are they the favorite? Could be. Very well could be at this point in the year. Gerard's one of my favorite transfer stories of the year. Obviously an interconference guy, that's always a, a complicated move, but sometimes it works, sure. sometimes it doesn't. And I've always been a fan of his game from far. You know, I like my shooters. Seeing him fit seamlessly in with a team that had the infrastructure, but so clearly lacked the skill set that he could bring in a, in a very specific sure. high-profile role, it's been a seamless fit. Uh, Jarrell, that was a pretty hard sales pitch from T.O., clearly, for his boys. Uh, I'm just going to lump them <laughs> in with two teams, not, e not even the entire ACC, Jarrell, just Duke and North Carolina. Are you taking Clemson over either of those teams right now? Uh, you know what? Just based off the body of work, you could, but uh, me just looking at the game, kind of inside the game, I will still say they're probably a step behind both. Uh, obviously, Duke, that's wild. Uh, they're 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 gonna get they're gonna get uh they're gonna get Proctor back at some point here soon. Uh, and, and they've still been keeping the ship afloat. And like I said, I still think they're probably the deepest team in the country. And UNC, uh, they got a plethora of guys with R.J. Davis to play to, to playing the way that uh, playing at the level that he's playing at right now. Uh, Ingram is has been an absolute monster. Corey McRyan has been starting to look like he's ready to come around and make shots more consistently. And uh, and, and kind of when they just figure out the groove of all that with Baycott. Uh, I think they'll still be one, probably one of the most talented teams in the country as well, too. And that's not to disrespect Clemson because I'm a big fan of Clemson. Uh, like Tio said, I think PJ Hall is a uh, man. He's 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 a shot All-American. The guy looks like a, uh, he's built like an action figure. Got a little Channing Tatum game thing going on there. Uh, he's, he's, he's built up, man. He's a beast on the glass. He can he can he can, he can work it inside outside and then I'll say I'll say this too the sleeper that I love on that team is the, is uh Shefflin, the guy just yes. goes to get 
the ball. Oh, my God. He's a dog on the glass. He gets those guys extra possessions. He does all the dirty work, man. And they just got a really well-built team. So, I'm not saying that I'm sleeping on the Tigers right now. I think it's just they're probably in the third slot right now. But, it's it, obviously, it's, it's still early. And they'll be right in the mix. They'll be right in the mix to win the ACC uh when it all comes down to it in the last couple of weeks. And it, it'll be them, Duke, and North Carolina, I feel like. You said it's wild, T.O. You want to rebut that at all or no? <laughs> no, I, I, I like the body of work comment. I actually think Clemson's body of work's right up there with them. Uh, that, that's it a big is. thing. It, you know, the only loss, a two-point loss to Memphis. Uh, I have concerns about North Carolina when you get past that first five. They're still North Carolina. They're still very good. I love the way they're playing. Uh, but we've almost seen it a little bit, guys, when it comes to can, is it easier to speed up tempo or is it easier to slow down tempo? And you've seen Clemson be able to slow down a really talented Alabama team who struggled, given, but it's it's easier to slow down tempo than it is to speed it up. And whenever you play in North Carolina or you play a Duke, uh, you want to play in your pace. You want to play in the 60s and mid-70s, quite frankly. And I think that Clemson can certainly do that. And there's enough shot making this year. We know they're going to defend, but there's enough shot making this year where I certainly feel like they could do that. Uh, the other two teams, obvious holes. I feel like Carolina, not overly deep. I feel like Duke, no rim protection. There's a couple of things there that can really uh, limit you when you're trying to play against a team that you know is going to be absolutely locked in on the defensive end. Can they overcome some of those weaknesses? The talent's certainly there, but – can they overcome those weaknesses that are pretty significant? For the record, I would have them second in that group of three, just so I don't avoid the allegations of ducking the hard questions that I ask you guys. Uh, give me Carolina one, Clemson two, Duke three right now until I see how they reintegrate that, Tyrese that Proctor. Was, there was, was one other big question, name. Greg. Yeah, yeah, I got you, Drill. Don't worry. We've been in, on enough <laughs> shows together now. You know how this works. Uh, so there was one other big name team in action tonight, Kansas. Uh, really interesting game against, yeah, you look at the final score and you think, oh, yeah, whatever, Kansas. I, I think they pushed it. It was a 15-point favorite. They win by 15. Kansas was trailing this game at halftime. They were trailing by double digits late in the first half. Really turned it on late. Kevin McCullough, 34 points. He's insane this year, Terrell. Where, where did this come from with McCullough? Man, he's he's an absolute beast, and he's a grown man. And I and I and I said something. Uh, I think on the yeah, Jarrell, he's your age. He's your age, yeah. Jarrell. That's the problem. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> but look, he's playing like it. Shit, he's he's playing like it because look, that guy's going to the foul line at least ten times a game. And he's uh he's putting his head down, he's putting his chest in people's stomach or chest, and he's going to get it. And uh to be honest with you, they 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 needed it tonight. Uh, they were in a little bit of trouble early on. I I, I, fl I flipped flipped over to that game just to check it out and see how it went. And uh, no sooner than when I changed over, uh, it was it was it was it was kind of the Kansas ritual. Uh, they went on like a streak there in the second half. I, I would say the last uh, four minutes going into the ten minute mark, so probably like fourteen minutes on the clock, and they just they just cut off they cut off the water for Yale. Uh, they stopped letting them score easy. They they took away all their easy looks and they just start shutting them down. They start getting turnover stops, rebounds, and then they start running back the other way. And uh, it was a foul or a bucket every other time. Uh, and they were able to just regain control of that game and kind of get out of there with a win. But 
uh, shout out to Yale because they, they they came to play and they and they were competing, man. That was a, that was a game that Kansas was down early for sure, and it, it looked like it was a little bit in doubt. So Kansas eleven and one on the doubting. season now, but they fall into fifteenth. To they fall into fifteenth according to Ken Palm, kind of the inverse of what you would expect. You buying or selling the Jayhawks? I'm still buying. They won by fifteen. Let's not sweat the small stuff. You ever read that book? I've thought about reading it. I never read it, but I thought about it. Uh, I wouldn't smell the. I wouldn't uh, sweat the small stuff. I would also wouldn't smell the small stuff. Uh, this Kansas team's still really good, and I, I find it intriguing that they were able to pull away and win this game despite Hunter Dickinson four for nine and eight points and ten boards. So that's not what you're going to get on a night to night basis. Kansas is still going to be good, and Yale, good for you. You kept up close, but no cigar. Lose by fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Pat yourself in the back. Don't feel bad about it. Coming up. We're going to the bragging rights game, folks. Illinois, just dominant against Missouri. We waited as long as we could. That's next on the Field of 68 After Dark. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the Field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, Use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts so download the bet mgm app today we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to talk some bragging rights. Jerome McNeil is here. Terrence Oglesby is here. My name is Greg Waddell. And we literally were going to the show with this. You know what? Illinois beating Missouri so bad, the game dragged out a little bit. And we had to wait until the second segment of the show. We had to wait an entire commercial break just to speak on the fact that right now, Illinois is up 25 points with a minute and 19 seconds left. In this game, Terrence Shannon, 30 points. Quincy Garrier, 28 points. Coleman Hawkins, 15-7-3. Marcus DeMass, 10-6-6. Everywhere you look, every Illinois player went off in this game. And T.O., I, for one, as the Big Ten spokesman on this show, am impressed with our Illini. What would you see tonight? Uh, You should be impressed. But I also saw an Illini team that was really good. And here's the deal. Quincy Garrier going 5-for-8 from 3 is something we haven't seen. And I'm not saying he can't do it because I've seen him have hot games from time to time, but it's a matter of him doing it consistently. If he's able to do this, Greg, my goodness, Purdue might have somebody to talk to because Illinois has a lot of different switchable bodies on that roster. Robbie Hummel talked about it today. Like they they usually play drop coverage. They do a lot of different things as far as defense is concerned. They don't switch everything, but they could. And Coleman Hawkins can kind of just range around the perimeter and just find ways to be a weak side shot blocker. This Illinois team, my goodness, I was worried about point guard play. Ty Rogers has been more than capable as far as that's concerned. And here's the deal. I don't think they beat Purdue throughout the course of the season. But I think on a given night, if they're able to beat the, meet them at the Big Ten Championship, they could win because they have individual playmaking. And individual playmaking can take over the course of a game. They have Coleman Hawkins that can pull Zach Eady out a little bit. Uh, Missouri's not a challenge. I think the first year under D- Dennis Gates was a good one. I think they're an NIT team this year. That all being said, still really impressed. And quite frankly, Greg, in a year where the Big Ten has needed a little bit of help getting any kind of publicity, any type of good publicity, this has been a breath of fresh air to see a team so dominant against an SEC team. Oh, at 100%. Like, when we're in trouble, we call Daddy Brad in these parts, T.O. That's what we do, okay? <laughs> uh, and look, he, he had a different situation last year. That team last year was not short on talent. The team was short on some winning habits in a lot of ways. The, the team had a little more I than a little more we. And uh, I think he got rid of a couple of those guys. And I think he brought in some guys that are really veteran players that really just want to be a part of a winning team and don't care if they're the fifth leading scorer any given night. Um, it helps sure. that they've got game. It, it helps that Marcus Damask can go be the best player against Florida Atlantic. It helps that Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon are still who they are. But you're seeing the guys they brought in emerge. You're seeing Brad really settle into a rotation that as deep and as talented as this team is, he knows the guys that are going to play 30 minutes every night now. And I think that makes them so much more dangerous than they were a year ago. Uh, Jarrell, it, it's time. If I need to be humbled on my Illini hype right now, please do it. If not, feel free to jump on board the bandwagon. Do you like them? 
I do like them, uh, especially in the Big Ten. Like I said, I think they're just a team that kind of finds – they kind of know their identity already. But I will say this, tonight was very impressive. And just going off kind of what T.O. said, listen, if Gurrier and uh, Coleman Hawkins are going to combine to hit eight threes a game, uh, it, it creates a different problem. Uh, it, it completely changes their team. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen every single night. But when those guys are able to step out and space the floor, it creates a different set of problems. So in that sense, you really don't need necessarily a sure shot point guard uh, just to get you through the ups and downs and the lows of the game. But are those guys going to be able to make shots on the on a consistent basis night in and night out uh, from three-point range? I think that's the biggest question. When they can, they look fantastic tonight. They scored 97 points, almost broke the uh, – you know, the 100-point mark. But uh, at, at the same time, you know, uh, I, I will also say this. I felt like they did a really good job, and I think they, this is something they can kind of carry over into the next couple of games to come. They really pushed tempo after they got stops tonight. They really pushed tempo. Mm-hmm. So that that in itself really kind of solves an issue that they have right now with just playmaking and point guard or whatever it may be is that – because they are a good defensive team, and I think that's what they're going to lay. They're kind of they're kind of going to hang their hat on anyway. Is that we're going to be able to stop people, carve out rebounds, and go down the other side of the court. So if you're going to do that, I felt like they did a really great job tonight uh, against a team against Missouri who likes to get up and pressure, and you know what I mean, kind of speed the game up a little bit. But they did a good job of that tonight of just playing downhill, and they got one of the best and really the most explosive and athletic guards in Tannen Shannon. That guy, Terrence Shannon, he, uh, he's an absolute blur in the open court. If you get him in space, he's really hard to guard. So just getting those type of guys, having multiple guys, they can bring the ball up court, different ball handlers and things like that. It kind of works to their advantage. So I think if nothing else, they can come back after this game, show these guys the film, look, this is kind of the way we could do it, uh, you know, because they're not they're they're not gonna manufacture a ton of points. That's my only drawback of Illinois is that they're not gonna manufacture a ton of points when they have to come down and face a set defense night in and night out. They average for the year twelve assists, twelve turnovers as a team, and that was before tonight's game. Terrence Shannon averages twenty, Damask averages eleven. Those are the only two players that they have averaging double figures for the uh, for the fight in the line now. So I think this is just kind of a, of a game where they could take from and they can kind of look to this going forward. Like, okay, well, we're a really good defensive team. Let's get stops. Let's rebound the ball. Let's get out and run and give our guys that can make shots easy in, uh, in, in early opportunities in transition. And let's get Shannon the ball in space early on before the defense can kind of set up so that they can try to get easy baskets as well instead of having to just call plays instead of uh, face a set defense constantly. Yeah, they, they've done a good job navigating the point guard issue, right? That's what everyone was skeptical of coming into the season. And Brad's done a fantastic job, wh- whether it is just having them push tempo and lead with the defense 
so that they don't have to worry about half-court offense. But it's been a sum-of-their-parts approach. Like you said, only two guys in double figures. I think Coleman Hawkins can still get there, by the way. Um, like tonight, I mean, he was clearly – this is a guy who should be in double figures most nights to me. He hasn't been this season. Sure. He had some injuries yeah. early. But, um, yeah, if he, if he can come on and be a little more consistent, that's great. T.O., you've been our, uh, our NBA expert this year with all the work you've been doing with the Charlotte Hornets. I need you to just answer me something because you watch NBA players night in and night out. Why is Terrence Shannon yeah. not an NBA player? What does Terrence Shannon not have? Like, I feel like you could drop him on an NBA roster and he could give you good minutes right now. You know what? I think the big thing is, is like what the other things. That's the, that's the hard thing. Like, not everybody can be an alpha. And if he was somebody that was going to score 30 in the NBA, he'd already be in the NBA. It's a matter of like the other kind of deal. But I, I can't figure out a reason why to get, to go along with what you're saying. He has hung around college for a while, and quite frankly, uh, I would too, because you're running into certain cash in college right now. It's just a matter of making that next step. And it, he does everything that you would need to do. I'm pulling up his stats right now. It's going to take me a second, but he's shooting 42% from three. If that continues, he's going to be fine. He has that size, 6'6", 225. He does all those things that you would want somebody to do. He's been able to create his own looks at times, which we all know shot creation at the NBA level is something different. Like you have to be able to do that at the end of the clock with it only being 24 seconds. If you get stuck with the ball, what can you create? He's shown the ability to be able to create some of those things. The only thing working against him at this point, guys, he's old. That's really what it comes yeah. down to. I don't know. He's listed as a senior. He's old. It's not sexy to be old at this point. You got to be 19 years old, 20 years old to be able to, yeah. you know, creep in the lottery unless you just have one of these outstanding 25, 30 point a game years. It's just a matter of, you know, this guy can score it. He can shoot it. If he's shooting 42% from three guys, I can't find a, a, a hole in the game right now. No, I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree, T.O., and I think that was the only thing that he was kind of missing going out because uh, I think he did enter last year, right, uh, and put his name in the draft and, and did, like, the combine and everything. But the three-point percentage wasn't there with it just being such a stretch-to-floor league. And number two, I'll say this, just with him having a ball in his hand so much, just him being able to see and make rotational passes consistently. And I think he has improved – uh, on that a little bit this year, uh, just being able to see that guy in the quarter, you know, because he, he's a guy that gets downhill. He's athletic. He can finish at the rim. So when he draws two, if he if he continues to show that he can let it go and he sees that guy in the corner, he sees that guy on the wing, he sees the early kick out. I think he'll be fine. And either way, man, he's a, he's a really good player. He'll make he'll make a ton of money playing professionally for some years to come. And here's another thing, too, Greg. You know, if you look at the way college basketball has gone and some of the late first round and early second round picks over the past few seasons, the way the collective bargaining agreement is heading, you're going to have two superstar players and you got to have a bunch of dudes that are low paid. And into first round picks and early second round guys, they provide tremendous value. Look, last year at, I'm just going to say, Hunter Tyson gets picked, what, 35th? And it ends up being the highest paid player in the second round at, four years, eight million, because those guys provide value and there's not as much guesswork with some of these with some of these older players. So it's a little bit more of a proven commodity. So I think for Terrence Shannon, this could actually work in his favor to be able to, you know, show that he can produce consistently if he's able to shoot the ball consistently for the duration of the year. He's only 27 to 65 from three this year. You got to be able to continue that through Big Ten play. That's going to be huge. But it, it certainly helps whenever uh, you've proven you can produce 
And I think there's more value being placed on those type of players, those older players at the end of the first round and early or early part of the second. Some team is going to scoop him up and just be ecstatic with what they find. And sure. look, now the winner is Brad Underwood, an Illinois fan. Because an extra year of Terrence has been incredible. I think he's been a top five player in the country. T.O. alluded to this. We're going to speed round this. But uh, you alluded to the fact that Illinois could potentially challenge Purdue. Uh, I'm going to throw this to Jarrell. Does Illinois have a serious chance to win this conference, yes or no? Um, right now, I'll say, I, I say no. I don't think anybody has a, a serious chance to win this conference outside of Purdue. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, producer listen, Trevor's booing in the uh, background for those at you, home. Yeah. And, and, and you throw, you throw Edie in the middle of the paint of that basket. They don't have a whole lot of bodies to throw at them. They don't have really anybody they can guard them and check them. They're going to have to double them. They're going to have to leave those other guys open for open shots. And to be honest, Purdue's just they, – they, they, they have a team that can make shots at a higher rate than Illinois right now. So I just feel like it plays kind of into Purdue hands. Illinois is a good defensive team, but that's a whole different uh, set of problems when you come up to uh, Zach Eady, So. What do I think? I think in a one-game yeah, sample size, they can do it. Yeah, I, I think in a one-game sample size, they gentlemen. can do it. No, 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 no more one-game sample size, <laughs> gentlemen. I'm saying it right now. Illinois no. is right there with Purdue. They can win this league. I saw this team storm into Mackey and give them hell for 39 minutes before folding. I-L-L, Daddy Brad got the boys right. Campaign stand up. It's Illinois in the house. <laughs> And coming up on After Dark, we're going to talk about how Maryland gave UCLA the business, too. That's next. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code Field. 1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When across the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts so download the bet mgm app today We are back. It's the Field of 68 After Dark Holiday Extraordinaire, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you're cozied up. I hope you just got your slippers on. I hope you're by the fireplace. Pour yourselves a refill. 
ladies and gentlemen. Terrence Oglesby in the is in the house. We got Darrell McNeil in the house. My name is Greg Waddell. Uh, from one Big Ten team that looked great tonight to another Big Ten team that looked good tonight. I'll be honest about it. Not great. We'll save great for teams that beat their rivals by 30. Uh, Maryland, though, earns a big road win at UCLA. I think this UCLA team has very serious questions right now. But anytime you can get 37 points on 13 for 19 shooting from Jameer Young, I think you're feeling pretty good about your turfs. Isn't that right, T.O.? Yeah, I think you are. But let's keep in mind that UCLA team is young. And I, I'm not sure if I'm more impressed with that or the fact that, you know, UCLA was able to at least hang around in the second half. That, that's an incredibly young team and both teams struggling to score. And then on top of that, you get you get a big game from Jameer Young. Hopefully that manufactures some confidence for not only him, but for the rest of that squad. Uh, Kevin Willard, think about this, Greg. That's a conference game next year. Maryland. <laughs> UCLA. You tell me how that makes sense. I'm still trying to figure all this nonsense out. But uh, no, it's a uh, this UCLA team. They're, they're bound for problems. This is going to be a hard year in Los Angeles. Mick Cronin. He's going to. They're going to take some lumps. But I think next year and the year after UCLA, if they can hold on to guys, and we all know that's difficult. If they can hold on to guys, UCLA is going to be a problem. It's just a matter of kind of getting these guys to play together quicker. And I'm going to be honest with so many European guys coming in and coming from overseas, it's a, it's a huge adjustment. The, the college game is much more physical. It's fast paced. It's much uglier. You don't necessarily rely on the right reads. You rely on guy that can make some shots. So there's a lot of differences with this game and it, you're relying on a lot of young pieces. I think UCLA is in trouble this year. I think it's going to be kind of a tough, it's going to be a tough season all around. And Mick, Mick talked about, well, do I want some older transfers? Sure, we all do, but I just, they went elsewhere. Well, now you're dealing with a bunch of European freshmen that are having a hard time kind of adjusting to American college game. And while they are very skilled, that physicality is different. That speed is different. And Maryland uh, brought, brought the rugged today, and it was difficult for UCLA to keep up with. Jarrell, I want to take you back to November, uh, November 20th to be exact. UCLA in the Maui Invitational is taking on your Marquette Golden Eagles. That was a two-point ball game. I, I mean, Marquette <laughs> emerges victorious in the game, but Marquette to me is a top five team in the country, as I said earlier in the show. UCLA then played Chaminade, blew them out, played Gonzaga, another team I think is a very good basketball team, lost by four points. Like I, I'm watching UCLA in their current form and the struggles they've had in the last 10 days. I, I just have this faint memory of how competitive they were with some of the best teams in the country in the Maui Invitational. What happened from then to now? I'll tell you what, they looked a hell of a lot better than they than they do now in, uh, out in Maui. And, 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 you know, with those tournaments, you never really get a full feel. I'm not sure if it was just the atmosphere that it was a tournament, you know, kind of the feast week thing. But uh, you know, they just look they, they look like a lot a lot more competitive team than they are right now. And obviously, uh just going off what Mick Cronin does, and I'll say this, they still are uh statistically wise the best defensive team in the Pac twelve. And like and they're holding opponents to uh sixty one points a game. So that's kind of the thing that they hang their hat they hang their hat on, but right now, like TO said, they're young. They're young and they got a a, a a full slate Euro League roster over there with a ton of guys from 
all over the place, France, Turkey, Spain, uh, and, 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 that, and that causes for an adjustment period. And this is coming from somebody who's did it the other way, you know, coming from over here to going over there. It takes time to adjust and get yourself settled in and feel comfortable before you can start focusing on the main thing, which is kind of, the, uh, you know, the games and basketball. But right now uh, for UCLA, kind of the only bright spot uh, that I will say to them, and I'll send a major shout out to him, is has, has been uh, Sebastian Mack. Uh, he, he's a freshman guard and he's been, he's been dynamite for them. And obviously I think he's going to be a guy that they kind of have in the fold with some of those other guys who are going to eventually figure it out and come along and get comfortable and realize just how really good of a situation they have it in that they have uh, there in UCLA and they'll come along as well. And I'm sure Mick Cronin and those guys will do the job on the recruiting trail uh, or the transfer portal to get some other pieces around them. But that kid is going to be really good going forward. Uh, he's got good DNA. He's a Chicago kid as well, too. Dad, uh, Sam Mack, who spent some time playing in the NBA as well, too. So, you know, he's got a good, a really good lineage. But I've seen a lot out of him early on. But Maryland took it to him tonight. They got an early lead. Uh, they got after it, and uh, and Jameer Young was uh, he was dynamite. I think he started off seven for eight from the field. He made like his first four threes or something like that. Uh, and, and he never looked back in route to a 37-point night. But let's not be mistaken, it wasn't a whole lot of help after that. So it took every bit of that, and UCLA made a little bit of a run there at the end as I'm sitting here watching the TV. So, uh, you know, it's going to be – I think it's going to be some, a, a lot more tough sledding for UCLA. But uh, Maryland got a good one. I'm sure a feel-good win tonight on the road. So The good thing is they play Oregon State next. So it's at least at least like they'll be able to like, they'll be able to like get their get their bearings about them because hey look they've lost There's four in a row. Carolina. Yeah, they they've lost four hey, in a that's, row. That's they, play, they play at a snail's pace. Like let's not keep in mind, let's not forget like UCLA's always had talent even last year and the last 3 4 years. Like they've always. always had talent and they still played slow. So that that's going to affect and skew some of their defensive numbers. But it's a team that's struggling to score, and it's a team that's struggling with physicality and finding consistent options offensively. Adam Bona, and he's an Amari Sotomayor comparison, but he's not there skill-wise. Amari could step out and shoot it 15 to 18 feet. Bona's not doing that right now. And they just don't have enough. They need they need to hit the transfer portal. They need to get a couple of older guys. And it, it's it's a – it's tough for them right now. And I think the young kid, the Spanish, the Spanish kid, oh, De Mara, like he's not going to hang around long enough, but his best basketball is going to be wherever he's extending the defense out, wherever he's hitting backdoor cutters. He's doing a lot more things with a much more open floor. So he's going to be a better NBA player than he is a college player right now. College is brute force and physicality. And athleticism. When you get to the pros and you're that big, you have to have those things, and those things will catch up. But they'll catch up to him when he's 26. You, Mick Cronin's not going to see him when he's 26. So, like his best game is way out in front of him. And thank God they play Oregon State next. <laughs> yeah, Stefanovic I, so, is really <laughs> struggling as well too. He's yeah, he's yeah, shooting the overall 35 percent from the field, and this is a guy that they kind of were looking to 
rely on to make shots consistently for them offensively. So that's a big part of it too. And I, and, and this is coming from me. I've seen him the last couple of years. The kid can shoot. I know he can shoot. I don't know what's going on with him right now, but he's just in a little bit of a rut. But he'll be better at some point. So that'll help him out a lot more, just giving those guys another guy that they can depend on to consistently make shots uh, in, throughout the course of game. So. Yeah, uh, Stefanovic, five for 21 from three during this four-game losing streak. So that, you don't expect that to continue. He's a better shooter than that. But uh, to T.O.'s point, Oregon State on the road, yeah, you, you'd like to think they can win the game. That would by far be UCLA's most impressive win of the season to this point, which uh, is a little bit scary when you've had a lot of serious resume opportunities and you haven't exactly – uh, done anything of note at this point in the season. They got to turn it on very, very soon. So we we mentioned quickly Mick Cronin had the big uh, press conference moment. The the camera's on, the lights are flashing, and he's a little annoyed at the NIL situation. Maybe he's getting outbid. Maybe he's not able to get some older transfers. Well, uh, there's another coach who has stolen headlines at the podium in the last few weeks. That would be Louisville's Kenny Payne. And uh, today we got the news that the athletic director at Louisville has announced Kenny Payne will stay. He will remain as the head coach of the Louisville Cardinals for the immediate future, at least. Uh, no end in sight at this point. T.O., you're off camera right now. Are you okay? <laughs> Guys, I had a great day at Dollywood. I won all the prizes. <laughs> we went to eat. We had great food. We did all those things. I think you might have just ruined my December 22nd. It's time. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, let's just call it what it is. This is, a, look, I, for all intents and purposes, I've heard that Kenny Payne's a great human being, and I'm not taking away from that. That all being said, you're Louisville, man. Like, I understand Cal gave the endorsement. I understand all this. I understand the AD hired him. It's not good enough. Louisville's a national championship-level program. It has been a top 10 to 15, and I'm being – very low ball right now, saying top to 10 to 15. It has support. It has boosters. It has NIL money. You have everything you need, and you are still struggling this mightily. And not only that, you're talking about how you can't even compare your program to Kentucky's with what they have. That You're Louisville. That's what you're supposed to do. What are we doing? I, I don't understand what we're doing. How could you not try to raise the bar at Louisville to that level? Because the NIL's there. The support's there. Have you been to the Yum Center? That place is immaculate. It couldn't be any better put together. It's amazing. You have to win games when you're at Louisville. Damn these weird press conferences, because they're weird. I'm not even going to say anything. They're weird. I don't know how to say it. They're weird. The answers are weird. The questions are weirder. And then they're just setting up Kenny Payne for failure. And I'm confused, Gregory. I'm confused. I don't know why in the world we haven't given Nolan a shot at this point. Why haven't we given Nolan yeah, a shot? I, I this think obviously working, and it's not getting better. For, for the, I think that's the first time you, you've Gregoried me, T.O., which I think is fair, by the way. I think this is a fully warranted Gregory in this situation. Uh, Jarrell, do you agree with T.O.? Is this the wrong move to stick with him for the remainder of the season? Um, I mean, I don't know if it's gonna. I don't. I don't know if it's gonna help doing it now. That's my only thing. Is like the timing of it. Are they gonna find? their next head coach for the next 10 years to come if they fire him right now. They don't know if they don't give it to Nolan. They give no, it to Nolan I, Smith. I like, I, Let him try. I, I like 
I, I do like to treat it your bargain up with Nolan Smith. Uh, I got an yeah. opportunity to play against Nolan. He's a great guy. Uh, knows the game. Pro played on played at all the levels and things like that too. But uh, man, whoever it is, it's almost to a point now where things have gotten so bad. And like you said, just some of the off the court stuff even has kind of gotten so bizarre that almost you almost want to let them finish it out just to start somebody off with a fresh slate and uh and and they and they'll have at least a summer you know what i mean to uh, to clean house and do whatever they're gonna do uh make their highest for their staff and things like that so right now i'm not sure if it makes a difference anywhere or another but at this point i understand louisville is a great program uh one of our toughest opponents when we were in the big east and Look, it's sad to see them like this now because they're absolute afterthought, though. So, uh, but right now, I don't think it's the right move to fire him and let him go at this juncture. So, yeah, to to any Louisville fans that are watching the show right now, clink your glass, my friends. First of all, uh, I'm sure you're already a few deep at this point. The uh, the conspiracy (laughs) theorist in me says Nolan Smith is never going to get his shot. I think that's what's happening here. Uh, But coming up, we got a great weekend of college basketball. Arizona, Florida, Atlantic, plenty of other games to talk about. We'll preview them all. That's next on After As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD. 1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, Parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The fourth quarter, the field of 68 after dark, three days for Christmas holiday spirit. 
Feldman here. Terrence Oglesby is here. My name is Greg Waddell. We are about to preview this weekend's slate in college basketball. You may think, oh, well, it's a holiday weekend. Not much to look forward to. You would be wrong. Some fantastic games to look forward to. The Big East is cooking in conference play. And we have a matchup between top 15 teams in the country tomorrow. That would be Arizona and Florida Atlantic in Las Vegas. I am very excited about this game, gentlemen. You know why? Well, that's because I have a pick for this game. And that means it's time to talk about Vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's the place to store your own bold predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove that you're smarter than your friends. So go download the Vaulted app. Give it a try for free. Vaulted is spelled V-L-T-E-D. And it is the app to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without any entry fee whatsoever. Download Vaulted today. And gentlemen, I'm just going to say it. My challenge with Vaulted tomorrow is that Florida Atlantic will beat Arizona. That's my prediction. I'm buying the Owls. I think this team is ready. I think they know they need a resume win. And as simple as this, I think Arizona has a bit of a schedule loss here. They've played Wisconsin, Purdue, and Alabama all in the last 13 days. Now they have to go to Vegas and take on an Owls team that is hungry for their marquee win, their last chance at one to boost that resume before they get into conference play. T.O., that's my pick. Am I crazy for it? Yes, absolutely. You are crazy. There is levels to this, and Arizona is that good. I love this addition of Caleb Love. And, and, and the Caleb Love with accountability, I thought I'd never see it. I thought I'd never see it, but we found it. It's in Arizona. It's in Tucson, and that's basically a de facto home game for Arizona. Let's call it what it is. I mean, FAU, I'm sure they travel a little bit but not enough to be able to overcome any of these Arizona fans that are going to travel with, I don't know the directions over there, over to Vegas. But I, Arizona, Omar Ballo, so big. Keyshawn Johnson, love that guy. They have so many weapons. And Arizona, uh, just because those pieces fit and they can throw multiple bodies at you with consistency. I think that's the most impressive thing about the whole ordeal is the fact that you get Caleb Love. He could have a great game. And his great games are 25, 30 points. Colin Boswell has been lights out. Pele Larson was great last game in his role, one of the best defenders in college basketball. I, I'm a buyer on this Arizona team. I'm a buyer on Florida Atlantic too, but I think it's more of a one game, two games and out situation this year. I know it was magical last season. I know they've got guys. I get all that. But when they play Arizona, that's a different beast. I love that scheduling loss situation. It sounds very NBA-ish of you. But I, this is college hoops, and I feel like this Arizona team is very, very good. And when's the last time they play? They play on the 20th. They're going to play again, what, today? No, they're playing today. Tomorrow, sorry. They're playing tomorrow. That's plenty of time. Wednesday to Saturday, that's very normal. Uh, I also think they overwhelm them physically. Okay, wait, I want to pick at that a little bit. Overwhelm them physically would imply that they're playing a team and have have a seven-foot center in Vlad Golden that doesn't have a, a physical wing in Elijah Martin who can defend, that doesn't have a guard that I trust physically, athletically, in John L. Davis. Like I think this Florida Atlantic team has some dudes that are not going to be overwhelmed by the talent that Arizona's top-end guys have. Jarrell, this is not a, a normal mid-major anymore with Florida Atlantic. They've proven they can go up against the best. Tell T.O. that I'm not crazy, please. You are not crazy, my friend, Greg. 
And I am I think I'm on board with you on this one. I think I'm on board with you on this one. I think I think the Owls go get a big upset. Uh I think it'll be first of all, I think it'll be a great game. I think it's going to be a, a, one of the better games of the year that a lot of people are not anticipating. You got really good matchups with uh, Arizona's backcourt with Boswell and Caleb Love. And then you got, like you said, Elijah Martin, Jonel Davis. And then we got the big guys inside as well, too. But And this is one of the thing, cool things that I really love about FAU is that they kind of check all of the boxes. And I get it. They kind of caught lightning in a bottle last year. But, man, just the more I watched them last year and then even going into this year as these guys get it back rolling, they obviously had some early injuries and the guys had to get right. But as I see them, they check all the boxes. They got really good guard play. They got big guys inside. And more than anything, they got all of these guys to stay there in Boca. So, look, these guys are bought in. They came back absolutely to do something special. And I think tomorrow is going to kind of be like they're reckoning. They're going to come uh, They're going to come in. They're going to be rearing or go. And uh, even though we're still in the desert out in Vegas, I think they get a big neutral site slash roll win versus Arizona. I'm with you, Greg. Yo, let's be honest, too. You mentioned Caleb Love and how he's gone back and forth on the trust spectrum with you. You know they're spending the night in Las Vegas before this game. Are we sure that we trust Caleb Love in that scenario? <laughs> hey, I haven't heard anything about Caleb Love off the floor, so I'm going to stay with the trust factor. I'm going there. Okay. Okay. I don't okay. need to throw I'll, any I'll allegations out there. I'm just, he, he's my first team all Vegas on paper. I'll just say that, okay? Like there's, I got other names for you if you need them, but I just circled that one. Um, all right. Stay away from the cars that they hand out. They hand those cards out. Stay away from them. He knows what I'm saying, okay? This ain't Hollywood, Gio. Uh, Let's move to the Big East uh, where we have a couple conference games. The the one I'm most excited for, UConn, attempting to bounce back the Seton Hall game where, look, people can say as much as they want about concerns with UConn. To me, the story with UConn is Donovan Klingon. Is he healthy or is he not? If he's not, this is a totally different team. I thought the game against Seton Hall swung completely in a negative direction as soon as he exited the game. Uh, and it sounds like we don't expect him to be available for Rick Patino's Johnnies. This is in stores. This is a home game. But St. John's has talent, Jarrell. Can they make this interesting? Um, I, I, think it, I think it'll be a little bit more interesting than it would be if Clean Game was playing. Uh, Obviously, they're going to have to find somebody to kind of match up with Soriano inside, and he'll probably have a big day. Uh, I mean, but for the most part, he's a walking double-double anything. But I think that at the end of the day, the Achilles heel for St. John's has been on the defensive end. I don't think clean game being out uh, kind of slows any of that down. These guys, if if nothing else, they're probably going to get out and uh, push pace harder, which isn't a good thing for St. John's. Because uh, they struggle to get back, and I feel like in transition a little bit and, and stop guys after they get stops. Uh, but I, and I think they'll push the ball down the throat, and, and they got a ton of a plethora of the guys they can step up with Tristan Newton, uh, Castle, and all the other guys, Caravan and uh, Cam Spencer. So they'll, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll handle the Johnnies pretty easily. But I do think uh, they'll they'll ha- they'll have a little bit of a time with Soriano and trying to find somebody to match up with him. He'll probably have a big night. But at the end of the day, it's a home game. The Huskies, I, I don't think I don't see them going on to in conference play. I think they'll get back to one and one, uh, kind of similar to what Marquette did tonight as well. 
Bounce back, T.O., UConn with a big win. As much as the next guy, but he, he's a big factor to this, to what they're doing. But the guard play there at UConn, so good. Cam Spencer, Tristan Newton. I mean, how good has Tristan Newton been? Is somebody trying to argue with me that he's not, you know, Big East player of the year at this point? I don't think anybody's arguing with me. Here's the thing with St. John's. I think we all expected a little bit too much too quickly. There's still a big adjustment to be made uh, there. Rick Pitino's done a fine job. What's the record right now? I'm sitting here looking at things. They're eight and three. Uh, losses, Boston College, Dayton, and we all know what's going on in Michigan. Sorry, Greg. But it's one of those things like, is Rick Pitino going to be able to turn it quicker? I, I think it's going to take time. Uh, this UConn team, though, the guard plays so freaking good. And and I will say this. I would not want to be a part of a Danny Hurley practice after a loss at Seton Hall where he admitted after the game, he said, I didn't, I, I'm embarrassed at the lack of preparation my team showed. I, I, let, me, let me promise you one thing. Danny Hurley's not going to be embarrassed twice. Uh, those guys are going to come out and be ready to play. I, I wouldn't be shocked eight to 12 points at the minimum. Yeah, that's uh, a very good call out by you. I, I'd be a little intimidated to be a player in that spot. I uh, I have my eye on this game, gentlemen, especially if, if Klingon is out. I really just think it moves the needle so much for these teams. And uh, look, UConn, national champs last year, no one's denying how great that team was. But they are also a team that lost five of six games in Big East play at one point last season from December into January. Like, that, that happened. And then the four seed in the NCAA tournament and turned the switch back on to the dominant non-conference team that they were. Uh, if they don't have Klingon, I think that's a very serious problem. And going up against a Rick Pitino team that does have talent and has some big wins is something I would want to keep my eye on. Guys, uh, we are going to be doing the on Stadium after the show, so join us there if you want to join us and get all your questions in from the chat. Let's end with our toast of the night, though. We got about 70 seconds left in the show. Uh, we'll go to T.O. first. T.O., who's your toast of the night? I'm toasting to Jim Root because he's a Mizzou grad, and he even admitted he's like, hey, first year, I'm happy. Uh, this year, NIT team. But, golly, you got to give your credence to uh, Illinois. Good for him uh, for accepting the loss in such professional manner. So, Jim Root, sorry for your Mizzou Tigers, but Illinois is just better. <laughs> Bragging rights, heading up a little further north. Second chance points. Cheers. Happy holidays. Jarrell, who's your toast tonight? Easy one for me tonight. And I got uh I, I'm cheating. I've got I got two guys, but I'm going Marquette with this one. I got David Joplin. Big night from Jop. Big response game after he didn't have the best night. Uh 20 points, nine rebounds. And bingo. Ben came in, gave us a great spark off of the bench, hit three threes in the first half, finished with nine points, rebounds in a route. Toast of the night. Cheers. Uh, I love both those call-outs. All right, if you're doing two, I got to do two. My first one, Jameer Young. You dropped 37 in a game. You have my respect. Daddy Brad, ILL. The Illini are back for T.O. For Jerome and Dylan Greg Waddell. Join us on the last call. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com